Welcome to another episode of Notes from the Back Row, a podcast-like subscription that you can have in your podcatcher that is almost like a magazine, is how we describe it. You get lots of different types of episodes in here. Today you're getting an episode of Hoser Horror. There's an episode in the feed, number 26, with Jenna and Veronica talking about uh, Burton, Harris, O'Toole, and Reed in the Me Too era, so you can go check that out. But today... As I mentioned, it's a Hoser Horror episode, and I am here, as always, with... Carlo, what's up? And it's amazing, because today we have a special guest. Who are we speaking to today? <laughs> Jenna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, a guest on our own podcast, yes. basically. <laughs> yep, it's me. You thought you could get away from me by listening to Hoser Horror, but nope. <laughs> here I am. Yeah, a guest on the sub-podcast inside the podcast that you own. <laughs> Just want to make sure you guys are doing doing a good job here. I'm just going to sit here quietly and listen. Yeah, this is like our way of paying rent, like <laughs> making sure we provide content. <laughs> no, it's because Hoser Horror is awesome and you guys have been totally crushing it. For the whole month of October, these guys are putting out a, a podcast a month. Yeah, That's fantastic. You guys are wonderful. You know, as you just mentioned, the last podcast I did was a full month ago. So, uh, you know. You guys, you guys win. And as always, if you'd like to get in touch with Back Row or us at Hoser Horror or Notes from the Back Row, you can email us at backrowcineblog at gmail.com and make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all three of which are also Back Row Cineblog. And please rate and review us. <laughs> yeah, we need a, we need a review. It's, it's been a bit. Come on, guys. We love you. Today, we are talking about two Canadian horror films, as always. This week, there is much less of a theme than there usually is. Usually, we have some kind of theme between the two movies. Today, it's a little bit more loose. Yeah, sometimes accidental themes, though. Like, we don't always decide on a theme. Sometimes it's just like, what about these two movies? And then we stumble upon a theme and then we're like, whew, okay. <laughs> I like to think that as Jenna is a big fan of movies from the 60s and the 70s, we've picked two movies from the 70s. I feel like that's maybe a theme. I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, make, it, make, it, make it a bit more palatable for Jenna. <laughs> I don't know about palatable, <laughs> having, yeah. having now seen mm. these, but... Uh, Speaking uh, of palatable, our first <laughs> film from 1974 is Deranged, starring Robert Blossom. Cosette Lee, Leslie Carson, and more. This is where we must stop. For beyond is the work of madness. Death! The nightmare of insane murder and lingering death. Deranged. Sometimes you don't want to believe what you see, but sometimes it's true. The story of a trail of butchery so brutal that newspapers refuse to print its horrifying details. When the horror becomes unbearable, it is too late to scream. 
The tagline for Deranged is, Pretty Sally Mae died a very unnatural death, but the worst hasn't happened to her yet. And the synopsis is, A deranged rural farmer becomes a grave robber and murderer after the death of his possessive mother, whose corpse he keeps, among others, as his companion in a decaying farmhouse. Um, Nice. As we all do. I, I just like that he keeps, among others, <laughs> this movie, up until a certain point, this movie was, according to the internet, one of the more accurate depictions of real-life Wisconsin serial killer slash cannibal Ed Gein. Insofar as it was the most accurate, I think it's still a, a little bit fast and loose with that stuff, but I guess enough of it was accurate that people were saying, well, like this is the one, I guess, up until... Yeah, like a strong, I guess. <laughs> and how many Ed Gein movies? There There were so many even then. I mean, like you had Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Mm, yeah, exactly. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, which also inspired by the Ed Gein story very loosely, which also came out in the same year, I noticed. But yeah, this one just has none of that like glorification that you can find like even the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre it's a pretty gritty movie but even then it's like total fiction yeah um this on the other hand pretty true to life in that it's just a sad ass movie about a sad ass (laughs) man yeah (laughs) which apparently rings pretty true from what Michelle told me about him like she's pretty into serial killer uh, stuff seen a lot of documentaries listened to a lot of podcasts so uh, I'm loving this relationship insight that you guys just hang around and be like well (laughs) what do you think about Ed Gein yeah I mean Michelle's obsessed with that stuff so uh, if I'm watching movies like this she's my go-to gal (laughs) it took my boyfriend like eight months to realize that all I do is talk about murder (laughs) <laughs> and like I could see the like the flashback in his eyes of like the first time I went to his house and I was like, are you going to murder me? Is this your kill shed? You know, like <laughs> constant. It took him eight months. He was like, you talk about murder a whole lot. <laughs> but you don't do it. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> Little did he know my ex-boy. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. I don't know. You think this was true to life? I, I mean, like, I guess it is in the sense that like the plot is pretty straightforward. This is a sad man who then murders people, but it's having so much fun. Oh, yeah. So I, th- I think there was just enough seeds of of reality in like the sort of a to b the to see of what the character in this movie does that the people were able to say like well this nails i guess like a couple things that he did and like you know the vibe of this of the small town and stuff like i actually think this movie's pretty funny in a way that you're like it's trying to be funny yeah i mean the script was written with comic relief in mind yeah so that's the thing like i only you very very occasionally found it a little bit funny like you know with like the Andrew me herbert shit yeah that, that gave me a chuckle but yeah other than that just the vibe that i got from this movie was just sad <laughs> sad and kind of depressing um we have to explain Andrew me herbert though yeah we can't just like <laughs> drop that and not explain it it's that basically after his mother dies which she dies from like pea soup vomit blood oh disease. god that scene that was oh, pretty gnarly yeah like hey look i fucking love pea soup like this is the season that michelle just makes pea soup for me like all the fucking time so that scene almost ruined it for me like vomiting blood as you're being fat pea soup is just 
my nightmare. Yeah, because she's dying and he's like, no, you aren't. Just eat this pea soup. And then <laughs> he's like putting the pea soup in her mouth and there's like it, like close-ups of it and it's very oh, uh, gross. And then when she yeah. starts coughing up blood, it, it was like the effect of it. Um, they have like, you can kind of tell they have a little thing taped on her nose, but like it, it is freak. It was freaky. <laughs> yeah, it's yucky. Yeah, didn't like it. Do not like. But she, as she's dying, she tells her son to, there's only, all women are sluts and whores and there's only one that you can trust. And because you can trust her because she is quote, a big fat heifer. Yeah. And <laughs> what was this woman's name? I, I don't even remember. I should have written that down. Was it uh, Maureen? Maybe it's Maureen. But so he goes... He goes to Maureen's house and Maureen immediately understands the situation in that she realizes that this is a, a man alone and her husband's dead. So she's like, let's do a seance with my mm. husband and your mom <laughs> and then takes it basically as an opportunity to try and force herself onto um, this it's Ezra Cobb, right? Instead of Ed yeah. King, yeah. it's Ezra. And it's hilarious it's straight up hilarious i mean it's like it's messed up and that this woman is trying to sort of rape him uh mm. she's trying to manipulate him into giving totally. her sex but then he kills her so okay <laughs> i she she basically like tr says that her her husband is being channeled through her and mm. then to get her husband into her is when she starts to scream enter me herbert enter me <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the spirit to then enter her if it wasn't already sexual enough and mm. then i was like i love when she's telling him she's like she's speaking in her husband's voice but it's just like this woman just trying to go as low as she can yeah <laughs> she's like do me a favor ezra make my wife a woman again yeah and he's like how do you mean sir ma'am <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of felt like this movie for a stretch was working for me in the sense that the uneasiness that the humor and the bleakness rubbing up against each other was effective. Like it, it was really queasy and gross and, and odd. And I was kind of liking it, but eventually I kind of got tired of the movie a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I had real trouble getting through this movie. Like I must Put it on like three times like during the afternoon and just could not focus in on the vibe like just off the start like bad juju for me and then i just like caved in i had a shot of vodka and just plowed through like put my <laughs> put, put my laptop away i'm like fuck it i'm gonna need booze yeah Finish this and i never drink <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because it mixes like this weird sense of humor with like these really brutal murders and then it loses the humor, loses steam by the end, which I I guess it has to. <laughs> I guess, you know, like there's that scene. It's like he literally has like a tea party full of dead corpses and like yeah. a barmaid. Mm -hmm. And then he starts to play a drum with like a like a bone, like a human yeah. leg bone. And he's like yeah. plucking a like a violin or something. He's like, that's not cat gut. Like. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a bumper sticker <laughs> like separately this is all uh it would be like at home and like i don't know like some some totally nutty horror comedy yeah. but then like it just turns really nasty and mean and i don't know i didn't really like i, I kind of get it's this weird there's a weird line between things that are based on actual serial killers where like if you're having too much fun and it gets too pulpy with actual murders, I just it becomes queasy to me. Yeah. Also, it 
it kind of feels like this movie can commit to a tone like it isn't committing enough to the comedy aspect but it's also not like being true to life enough to be like an actual pseudo documentary all right the narrator <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah we didn't even mention that yeah at the beginning of this movie it, the the film is framed as if well it's framed it, it frames the true story very bluntly that this is all based on reality but they've changed names but they also have a guy who comes in with these you know coke bottle glasses and and stares at you the audience and says you can't handle this stuff it's really gnarly and then like <laughs> narrates every once in a while pops in to say hello which usually you love like uh, yeah some 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 narration directed at you the viewer yeah. but i i thought it was uh it was funny a choice yeah <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i just anything like that in movies like in movies like this where they've made a very specific choice and, and they at least commit to it that they they have him show up a number of times throughout this movie so at the very least they've committed to doing this i'm mm. like oh well props to you in your notes you said that um and dan had wonderful compiled notes about this movie by the way i, for, I just <laughs> i want everyone to know i'm sorry i was very impressed with them you said that christopher walken tried out for this part Yes. Oh, yeah. um, Harvey Keitel and Christopher Walken both auditioned for the role, but I guess they were felt that they were too young. They're probably too young and too good, like handsome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say like, but instead they got Robert's, uh, Robert uh, Blossoms. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, the guy who plays Marley, the street sweeper in Home Alone. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, wow. And th yeah, the guy who scares the shit out of like young macaulay culkin kevin McAllister. okay this is crazy because i was getting major vibes off of him yeah. and that was coming to my mind but i didn't realize it was actually him yeah, yeah <laughs> until yeah. just now like, in this movie basically doing everything that kevin McAllister in home alone thinks this yeah. guy was doing in home alone but he wasn't so <laughs> i thought probably better casting if you're going for Ed Gein. Like, totally. He, he wasn't a charismatic man uh, from what I gather. So, But also, could you imagine if somebody like Keitel or Christopher Walken, these guys who at this point in their career are probably really, really hungry and, mm. you know, definitely on the method side of the acting spectrum. Like, imagine if they had this to bite into. They would have done so well. Oh God! I wish Christopher Walken had gotten oh it. Oh my God! Um, yeah, I I will say though, Ro Robert's Blossom is giving it here, and he doesn't put in a bad performance. No, no, but he does a good job. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, come on, Christopher yeah. Walken. <laughs> Harry Cattell. Kidding me? Yeah. It's definitely it's not the performances for sure. It's definitely just like the there's like direction choices and editing choices and a degree of like very overt paint blood, but. I can kind of I can overlook that stuff when it's not like it's just the when when the camera's at boob level the whole time. <laughs> that's when it's like, eh, you know, like we'll see. Yeah. Actually, but I will say that the the thing that made me laugh the most was that guy at the bar. Yeah. That random the, dude. Oh who my god. I wrote yeah. down his dialogue because and I want to read it for you guys because it's Do just it. <laughs> <laughs> He literally and it's like the it was the weirdest line reading and so polite and so strange. He just yeah. like some guy just turns around to to Ezra and just says like How'd you like to tear off a piece of that, eh? Boy, I, if I had a chance, I'd bang her brains out. Look at that ass. Look at them tits. Both of them. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that to Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was watching the movie, and I was like, and, he, and then he says, both of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh damn i was ju- just looking at wanted yeah <laughs> what was i thinking <laughs> i've been focusing on the left one he sits there talks about like if i wasn't an old man i would bang her brains out and like he looks like the same age yeah <laughs> totally yeah, exactly like you're both old and creepy Get out. <laughs> yeah and that uh that bar quote unquote goldie's tavern was actually the lounge on the bottom floor of the hotel in oshawa where they were filming so nice yeah and uh, Canadians will know that there was some Stompin' Tom Connors songs being played in that scene. A very famous uh, Canadian songwriter. Nice. So there you go. Beauty. Beauty. <laughs> uh, and also, so like it's a little bit of background from the trivia section of my notes. Um, Bob Clark, who had made the film Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things in 72, and a movie called Dead of Night, a.k.a. Death Dream in 74, also kind of a famous Canadian horror movie. He was offered to direct this this one, but he thought it was too disturbing. And that's from the guy who directed hmm. Black Christmas. Yeah. Black <laughs> yeah. Christmas is pretty fucking scary movie. So. so he just produced it, but he didn't put his name on it. So he hmm. produced this film, but did not uh, opt to have a credit. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that originally they wanted to film it in Wisconsin even, but they couldn't get it done because like the town council people like consulted them and said like the town already had enough notoriety over the mor- over the murders there so bob clark basically said come to canada it's, it's cheap and we love murder and we and we also have snow so <laughs> you know, so it ended up there and the tax shelter breaks i guess yeah yeah there you go so they shot in curtis ontario inniskillen ontario whitby ontario oshawa clarington tons of just like um you know small town Ontario so the, mm. the look of the movie is very like the kind of stuff the kind of small towns you would drive through like oh I'm gonna go to Toronto I'm going on a big trip to Toronto from my little hometown and you're driving through these weird little little like non-towns apparently banned in Boston this movie you think Boston would love this shit now <laughs> What's up, Boston? (laughs) I'm going to throw Boston under the bus, like, real fast. (laughs) I guess this movie didn't really do it for all of us. Yeah, and generally, people like it, though? I think it's one of those things where there's a certain type of, and I'm, I'm not trying to be, like, you know, broad generalization, but I think there's people that watch a movie like this and the kind of atmosphere and griminess of it is enough. And, you know... And and I do think that for me that it was carrying itself with the weird humor and the kind of like bleak material and the fact that it's based on a true murderer. For the first, you know, half of the movie, I was thinking, well, I'm not like having a blast watching this, but it's it's intriguing and the performances are interesting. But it, but it, it just like you guys were all saying, like it eventually just falls apart in a way that it gets yucky. In a mm. way that you know you don't really like, <laughs> it yeah. just doesn't land. Yeah, it just gets too. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like I was okay with it, even having like a, a degree of black humor about the subject matter. But for me, it's just once they start to have like when the movie takes away from even the plot or the point to then show you just like gratuitous like women running away and then yeah. bleeding. It reminded mm. me of Bitch Killer. <laughs> have you guys seen that? The no, fake... <laughs> no. <laughs> it was from um. Man to Man with Dean Lerner, and it's Matthew Holness, who's also known as uh, Garth Marenghi. Yeah, and he does oh, this yeah. fake like uh, horror director called Randolph Carr, and you can look <laughs> it up on YouTube. Just look up "bitch killer" 
like the trailer <laughs> because it's so perfectly shot. It's just yeah. it it's, looks exactly like this movie. But that's yeah. it was just you know and the and the joke being that it's just like you know let's watch women die. Yeah, <laughs> mm, totally. Which you know has a time and place. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I I think that also bugged me. Like, who needs to see these kind of stories now? Like, okay, you know. <laughs> uh, that movie Joker just came out and it's about a damaged white man yeah. and also this movie like I don't vibe with that kind of movie at all like you know kind of movie about um, about men who aren't normal because they didn't grow up around normal women other mm-hmm. than their mother so you get this like ingrained anti-social behavior of like for example in this movie in the range like seeing girl he likes and staking her out at her work until she comes out for an opportunity to talk to her like that's the proper modus operandi you know, mm. for that kind of thing. Isn't that how you met your girlfriend? No, I'm kidding. No, I feel you. Um, I, oh, I guess we didn't mention that uh, one notable thing here is Tom Savini yeah. did the did some of the effects. There's a multiple people credited, but he's one of the names on here. Yeah. Um, and there were some trivia around like we made the skulls with plastic kits, and it's like okay, cool. Like, yeah, you can uh, <laughs> look all that stuff up on yeah. IMDb. Um, totally. One one interesting thing that i uh, grabbed out of imdb trivia was that apparently uh, the company who released this on vhs more video they were planning to make a sequel yes <laughs> to this movie in 1993 even but that never happened so late also how why <laughs> uh here's the sequel uh, son of ed gein yeah uh, i don't know what, what, what would that even be i mean come on yeah, it's weird to be like, well, let's make a sequel to the movie based off a true killer. Yeah, like, would it just be fiction from that point on, or... Yeah. Well, if they, like, channel him through another woman... And then ask somebody else to enter her. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's a good movie that is actually like that, but it's British, so we can't talk about it on this. Uh, Damn it! <laughs> well, speaking of British productions... Yes, speaking of British, so from 1974... We're going to move to 1977 with the uncanny. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. But the most fiendish, the most fascinating, the most terrifying creature of all may be waiting for you round the next corner. Or living right in your own home. People used to believe a cat was the devil in disguise. I'm beginning to think they were right. There are millions of them everywhere, spying on us, watching, waiting. When will they pounce? Starring Peter Cushing, Samantha Egger, Ray Milland, uh, directed by Denny Hero. Tagline, they prowl by night, lusting for human flesh, and synopsis, Wilbur, a horror writer, has stumbled upon a terrible secret, that cats are supernatural creatures who really call the shots. (laughs) In a desperate attempt to get others to believe him, Wilbur spews three tales of feline horror. It's weird that they say spew instead of, I was waiting for them to say spin three tales, not spew. (laughs) Um... So this had a budget of $800,000 estimated budget. Uh, we didn't mention deranged was a lower budget, obviously 200,000 um, filmed in and around Quebec 
and uh, is, yeah, a co-production between British and Canadian companies. Um, the Sharing the blame. Yeah, the director um, is a guy who, if you go to canucksploitation.com, uh, plug for them, all, a lot of great information there, uh, and a lot of stuff we talk about comes from there. Uh, they would call this this director the king of um quote maple syrup porn which mm. is like a i guess in montreal there was a big sort of boom in the 70s of of nudie movies and so this guy came from that world um and ended up making this film with astral films and then the rank organization which is a british company and so they decided to model this movie off of the sort of hammer amicus style you know productions of um anthology films Hmm. and they decided to base it on cats who kill people which is just wonderful (laughs) it's so good apparently written by a belgian guy i saw on imdb yeah uh michel paris uh apparently also wrote extra which yeah no idea yeah that's british and then there was canadian sequels to that Exactly. Which yeah. is interesting. It's almost like England has some sort of connection with Canada. Hmm. Almost, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I'll have to look into this. Yeah, so there's three tales here. There is London 1912, Quebec Province 1975, and Hollywood 1936. And again, the wraparound is this writer trying to convince this guy that, you know, cats are actually evil and, you know, you got to listen to me. Here's three three tales of horror from, you know, the cat point of view. And uh, so let's just uh, dive into the three, you know, anthology segments and do them one after another. I'm going to be the narrator from the f- the first movie, but for this movie right now and say that everything you saw in this movie was completely true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also interesting, uh, not so much about evil cats, just about cats getting even, basically, because the cats don't really instigate anything. Yeah. They're just like trying to get back at shitty humans yeah totally it's more of a comeuppance at the hands of cats versus Mm. like evil cats that are gonna get you for no reason yeah yeah they have reasons absolutely yeah even if cats have reasons they probably wouldn't still do that (laughs) their reasons are they're hungry and they don't like you like all all cats (laughs) and if you die they don't care they will eat your flesh yep yeah which is true It's true. <laughs> well, I love the first one, which is all like set in period garb, which is basically yes. some crappy old woman who's, you know, uh, has a maid that she doesn't. That, well, I guess she treated her OK, but the maid is dating this old woman's nephew and mm-hmm. she changes her will because she hates her nephew because he's a ne'er-do-well. And she <laughs> um, changes her will to say that everything goes to the cats. Yes. And, yeah, uh, writing her nephew out of the will. Yeah. Right. And so, right. And then basically they start to scheme so that she can get this uh, will back and they kill the old woman by mistake. And then all the cats start to appear. Yeah. The cats witness the murder, (laughs) which is so good. (laughs) It's so good. I mean, and then she gets like locked in a in like a cabinet, not a cabinet. She gets locked in a pantry. Mm-hmm. And she has to eat cat food, which is disgusting because she can't <laughs> yeah. get out because the cats just keep scratching her. Again, yeah. super realistic. I have absolutely been in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like trying to get out of a room and the cat's just being like, don't walk over here or I'll eat your leg. Exactly. Yeah, and I I like the cat food part of this segment just because it adds like a fun little like reversal of like, 
oh, I'm trapped in this room and the cats won't let me out. Now I have to eat their food that they've yeah. been fe- we've been feeding them. My favorite part of this is how basically whenever they want this this woman to be attacked by all these cats to show it, they have her sort of kneeling on the, the floor covered in, you know, scratches. And then they just throw cats on her. Yeah, they just kind of <laughs> toss cats off from off camera onto them. So it just looks like a cat sort of like landing somewhere it doesn't want to be and being like what <laughs> yeah that scene kind of worried me a little bit i'm like are they throwing real cats here or they're definitely what, throwing real here? cats but they don't seem very high you know what i mean like it, it seems yeah. actually like this poor woman probably does get scratched a lot <laughs> yeah yeah like one bummer though that i read on imdb like uh, the cinematographer apparently threatened to leave the movie because he found that the production was abusing cats oh, no. so apparently even like that throwing of the cats wasn't very Maybe. kosher. So I, d- I don't know what else happened. Like, there's always like this gray zone in movies that use animals and animals who have to react angrily in a scene. Like, what are you doing to drive them to right. that point? It's always a little iffy. Um, so I was kind of wary about this movie, but mostly I wasn't very triggered throughout this movie. But then afterwards, I read on IMDb, like the skies uh, or... Or a woman, I don't know, um, didn't look it up who it was, but yeah. Yeah, I, so I read that too and I, and I did like a bunch of Googles for like the name of the movie and the name of the cinematographer Mm -hmm. and like abuse. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't find anything that like says specifically anything about, like as far as I can find that IMDb is the only reference to it. I'm not, I'm sure that that doesn't mean it, it didn't happen. From from yeah, what what you see on screen is probably stuff where it's like I don't think the cat wants to be thrown on a person, and I don't think the well, cat yeah. wants to be oh, mad, sure. and you're you're poking that cat to make it hiss and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's not cool either. No, <laughs> but no, but no. in terms of like these kinds of movies, it's definitely you know it's not a Milo and Otis scenario. I have to imagine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I've seen worse, but it, it's kind of like a blemish on this movie a little Worth bit. Noting. Like before, I found out about that. I like this movie a little bit more. Now I like it a little bit less. Yeah. Um, I just presume uh, anything in the seventies. They just like every time a cat wasn't oh, yeah. on the screen, they killed it. Like I just <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I basically. have no my my expectations for seventies treating yeah. animals is just you know. I just presume yeah, or, they just like were like, uh, how many cats are you going to kill today? All right, let's get 20 yeah. of them, throw them at this yeah. one. Or like basically every Hong Kong movie. I'm yeah. like, okay, um, oh. how many chickens are going to get killed or how, yeah. how many snakes are going to get like disemboweled in this one? Uh, yeah. It's just, Jesus, yeah. But anyhow, I mean, at Anyo. least for this movie, like they don't, there's definitely no violence towards the cats other than cats hissing. Like there, there's no even mm. like fake dead cats in this. Like the yeah, cats always true. have the upper hand. True. So yeah. having put that in perspective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From there we go to Quebec, which is my favorite segment about a uh, orphaned girl who moves in with her aunt and uh, there's this cat named Wellington and and her cousin's like very mean because um, she, she wanted a pet, but I guess this new, you know, this new orphan gets her pet. So she's mad and they have this kind of like, they have a little rivalry and the cat mm. gets involved. And I just love this one. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty slow to start, but by the end there was some nutty stuff going on and I was pretty into it. The thing I noticed right away, and I'm not sure about this, was this segment like dubbed? Oh my God, it so was. It was so weird. 
Yeah, the kids sound extremely dope. Not necessarily the parents, but um, what's her name? The the girl, uh, I forgot the name, but her and her stepsister basically sound extremely dope, like in a way that reminded me of like, as a kid growing up, watching like Pippi Longstocking movies, uh, which sounded like the exact same way. Um, this very like hazy child dubbing. <laughs> Lucy and Angela. It's like they don't trust the children to actually act or maybe the children really sucked at acting. So they, they yeah. clearly brought in an adult pretending to be a child. So all the voices are like, gee whiz, ma, what do you think? And you're like, no one, no child sounds like that. I've never heard a child that sounds like that. Uh, yeah, for, for a second I was like, wait, is this because it's taking place in Quebec and they are originally like speaking French, but the words matched up. It's just a different voice. Like, you know, watching an Italian horror movie, basically, that kind of vibe also. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask if you thought it was like a language thing or not. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't Wellington. sound like it. Wellington, yeah. where are you? <laughs> I, I just like this segment because it, it turns into like an effects-based segment where one of them gets shrunk down, the uh, the evil girl gets shrunk, and, and then the cat's going to like terrorize. From Satanism, straight mm-hmm. up, because the mother... Those girls' parents die in a plane crash, and the mother was just like they were like halfway through. They're like, "P.S. Your mom was a Satanist witch." Yeah. <laughs> and then they like she gets her revenge on the evil, nasty little girl, and yeah, yeah it's and freaking some, awesome. She's a cat yeah, eats, eats her. Yeah, she gets like so good. The cat like bats her around. She's like, "Now you're the size of a mouse," and the cat like <laughs> goes to town. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's also like. For a long stretch, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a kid's horror thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pretty cute and pretty innocent. And then some crazy FX stuff starts happening. But I'm like, oh, it'll, it'll probably have an happy ending. But then she straight up murders her stepsister. <laughs> yeah, it's and vicious. it's over. Yeah, Jesus. Um, and then finally, the third segment uh, takes place in the 1930s. It stars Donald Pleasance. Um, it's about a B-movie star played by Donald Pleasance. And he's... He's blackballing his producer, trying to get a role. And what else happens in this? I have vague memories of it because I watched it so long ago. Yeah, it's just Donald Pleasance being a dick to cats in 30s Hollywood, basically. (laughs) 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 Like, not just a dick, but like a mega dick. Like, he at one point supposedly flushes like a litter of kittens down (laughs) the toilet. Obviously, that didn't really happen, but even just the thought kind of sends shivers down my spine well there's like a scene with a cat that's surrounded by a bunch of cat traps like 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 mice traps basically it looks Mm. like something that would hurt this cat and the cat's just sitting there and it's kind of funny in the sense that the cat is like clearly like whatever like this cat is totally completely done with this movie but um that was a little questionable yeah like because what is this is like a guy's having an affair his his wife is an actress she gets killed on yeah. set because the husband switched out the blade but no one realizes that he yeah. did it he's trying to get his mistress in her old role and then the, yes but the cat knows and the cat is like chewing <laughs> ropes and they and they like really clearly put meat on the rope so that the cat would Pastrami chew it. ropes yeah <laughs> yeah i it, it like carlo mentioned it that it was like a looney tunes like this i just one's, yeah this one's pretty goofy yeah. uh to me like donald pleasant just like knocking into shit and <laughs> i don't know like the entire vibe of this like there's a 
a point uh, in the segment where Samantha Egger, she just straight up quotes Tweety Bird. Like yeah. she sees a cat at Donald Pleasant's place. And she she goes like, I thought I thought a putty cat. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, this is, sounds about right for this one. So that's probably why it was my favorite. <laughs> just because it's so, I don't know, pretty cartoony. Yeah. And you've also got like the gothic vibes going on on the set and everything. Um, th like the way it starts, it's not like obvious right away where it's taking place so it feels like uh, more like a period piece yeah. and, you know like a Roger Corman uh, yeah. kind of castle movie but then it's revealed that it's taking place on a movie set um, yeah it's fun it's fun that it's like a B movie and you get that yeah. kind of just like fun kind of like yeah and Donald Pleasant's character is called Valentine Dieth yeah. uh, or however, however that's pronounced I do not remember but I do remember that on his pajamas he has like his initials uh, <laughs> embroidered and it says just VD yeah and at one point <laughs> Samantha Agar also go, goes oh I love you VD <laughs> which, which is a little bit <laughs> funny yeah <laughs> to me I like when he's teaching her how to scream yeah, and he's yeah like, that's a good scene he's like remember the spikes are coming for your eyes and yeah then she dies. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love Donald Pleasance. He's he's such a ham. Yeah, he and he's good in this. When I first watched this, this was one of my lesser, I like my least favorite of the three. Hmm. But um, the last time I revisited it, I liked it more the second mm -hmm. time. I also like the ending of this one a lot. Yeah, if you remember the ending, um, the cat literally has his tongue. Yeah, cat yeah, got your tongue. <laughs> so li good, literally. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's right up my alley. That kind of joke. <laughs> this movie kind of has a unconexploitation. They say it's very uneven. I actually screened this like years and years ago at my old event called Video Vengeance, and. People were audibly mad at me about it, <laughs> and I've I've never really understood because I've always thought it's a it's I mean it's not the best anthology. There's you know, mm. uh, but I think they're pretty consistent. Yeah, you know, one like one to each other within each segment. There's some ups and downs, but it's kind of a consistent anthology. It's fun, like it, entertaining. Like yeah, I never absolutely. really understood why it's not you know better known. I loved yeah. it, but I also like yeah. I'm, I don't like feeling afraid and nothing about this was scary, but it was <laughs> yeah. true. Like at the end, they basically have like Peter Cushing um, talking about how like cats are exploiting the human race for centuries and <laughs> they're the masters and we are the pets. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like real talk, like, okay, fair. Like <laughs> I, I am a dog person, but like I would not trust a cat if it was larger than me, it would 100% eat me. <laughs> like oh, bird, yeah. birds and cats would not trust them they would 100 what, what about you. a really big dog would it not eat you no a big dog would some big dogs <laughs> might but a big dog would look at you it give you a sniff might give you yeah. a lick yeah a big dog might swallow you but he'll never like tear you apart but it wouldn't be on it. purpose you know what i mean like no it's just like how would this feel inside my stomach and then barf you out right and you'd be fine and i and i would do that to a dog so <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> No, like you say, uh, it's it's a pretty consistent anthology as well. Like I've seen a bunch of horror anthologies. Like it used to be a pretty big blind spot for me until mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. But then I just started like pretty much binge watching them. But this one, yeah, pretty pretty consistent. There's only three segments, which is good. Like yes. you maybe four tops but don't do like that creep show shit like by the fifth one everyone stepped out uh, yeah. as much as i love creep show five is just too much three is yeah 
perfect. I am with you 100%. Every time I watch Creepshow, I'm like, I love this. Five stars. What the best movie ever. And then like in an an hour and 15 minutes in, I'm like, holy shit. There's like another 45 minutes in this movie. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. They just needed to. It's a great movie. Like, no. Yeah. But maybe should have put like one of those segments into in uh, bundled with Creepshow 2 and then Creepshow (laughs) 2 will be a little bit better as well. Yeah. yeah yeah three is perfect you know you're in you're out and you know the weak one's not gonna is gonna fade away in your mind but maybe that's why people don't like it as much because it is shorter and Hmm. the highs are maybe a little bit less high but also the lows are a little less low it's just a very like down the middle fun movie yeah maybe i have no complaints this i would have been thrilled to see this in a screening so whenever you want to rescreen it on there (laughs) awesome Yeah, it's great. It's on Blu-ray, so mm. check that out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who released it. Good question. Was it? I think it's Severin. Severin yeah. released it. Yeah, and uh, same for Deranged. That's also out on Blu-ray from Arrow Video, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if it's like out in North America as well, but at least there exists a Blu-ray for yeah. this grotty ass movie <laughs> yeah yeah probably has some interesting stuff on the mm. yeah it's a fascinating movie and people seem to like it and i think it's you know well let's get right into it then as i kind of stumble into it at the end of every <laughs> hoser horror we kind of say you know are these movies essential if you were to turn to somebody and say like you mm. want to watch canadian horror movies then is this one that you would recommend to somebody and i would say the uncanny i for sure would say you want to have some fun check out the uncanny i would say that counts as like canadian canon um but deranged i would say would be more i I always call them like you know like extended viewing like Mm -hmm. maybe later you might want to check in with this but don't run to it yeah yeah yeah. what about you guys deranged it feels more canadian at least just the vibe of that movie just for the fact that i to did not enjoy my viewing of this at all it's a little bit hard but most people seem to like it like if you go for that vibe maybe it's a little bit more essential viewing for you so this is a tough one for me to really decide um the uncanny as well i liked it more but is it essential Mm. you could say neither yeah maybe i would go for neither like considering the bigger picture yeah in the end yeah, the deranged, like, I, I, it felt so Canadian to me. And, and like, Wisconsin's not that far away from Canada. <laughs> like, uh, like I've spent a lot of time in Michigan, but that's, that's close enough. Someone can tweet at me and be like, screw you, different state. But, like, <laughs> I'm kind of like, it, it was, I, I kept having to, to, like, recalibrate in my mind that this was meant to be taking, a, taking place in America. But mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't like call it essential. Like I didn't love it. I mean, but as we all said, like people seem to love it. People seem to think it's great. I don't know. For me, it's a skip. I, it's not, I didn't think there was really anything that worthwhile in it. I, I think it, mm. like the, the other movies do the same sort of thing in a better and more consistent way. If someone yeah, was sure. like, I want to watch this, I'd be like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's a movie. Whereas like, <laughs> yeah, the uncanny, like, it didn't feel Canadian specifically, even though it definitely, you know, it's, it is, but like, mm. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's something yeah. I would super recommend to people. It's also like the, exactly the type of thing that I play on Halloween when I like throw a small Halloween party. I'm always like, yeah. let's watch something that like, you know, you don't have to 100% pay attention to 
but like we'll stop you in your tracks at some point to be like what the hell is yeah <laughs> yeah I, th- I think with the uncanny if the first part didn't take place in london so to speak and the third part didn't take place in hollywood like if they would actually take place in canadian places even though everything was shot in canada it doesn't feel Canadian because right. it's like they're just sets, you know, like for the yeah. first and second. Uh, yeah, the middle segments. sections, it feels very Canadian. But like, that's, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If all segments had more of that middle section vibe, then yes, I would 100% call it essential. Yeah. That's fair. Based on the vibe. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. I also feel like there's a lot of movies with like there, there's a, a bunch of movies with killer cats. There's mm-hmm. a movie called Strays. And I think there's one on a boat called The Uninvited. And I feel like, for my money, this one's, like, the best of them. <laughs> Uninvited is wild, but... <laughs> what about Cat's Eye, though? Cat's Eye... Is that a cat movie, though? Yeah, it's a movie where a one bit? of the segments it has a cat in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's called Cat's Eye, and there's a big cat on the cover. Yeah. And I think Cat's Eye is very entertaining. <laughs> it's a good movie, yeah. It's fun. Hmm. And that's cat. that cat segment where it fights a troll is great. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what? that's probably the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cat's eye is great, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. Okay, so we got two people saying uncanny is you know recommendable and you know in the in the canon. There's no list and nothing happens after the episode, so <laughs> doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> no stars. No yeah. stars for nothing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for for watching these movies. As always, you can find us on backdashrow.com. Uh, Jenna, why don't you uh, speak a little bit about what people can find there right now? Oh, my gosh. You can find so much. Well, it's October, so it's going to be Hoser Horror Fest is what you're going to find there. And (laughs) you should really check it out, back-row.com. We actually have Dan Gorman, our own Dan Gorman right here, this guy right there. He actually wrote a list for us, which is fantastic, of alternative horror picks. And there's so many cool things on there from all different times of the planet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that includes everything from, uh, let's see, I don't know, Something Wicked This Way Comes, the Disney, uh, the Duck yeah. Age of Disney movie, which is pretty freaky. That's uh, one of those things that kind of ruined everyone's childhood because I saw it on television by mistake. <laughs> um, and then this one I'm obsessed with now that I've now that I've read about it on this list called Home Bodies, which is apparently about o- old people being evicted by what spirits or like real people. It's uh yeah, it's like there's a development and they're gonna like turn all the buildings into like a new neighborhood. It's almost like pseudo gentrification. They're just basically gonna like displace all the old people and make new fancy like apartments, and so they're gonna kick all kick these uh six old people out and so they they start just trying to like oh we'll like foil their construction but then like somebody dies and they're like we could just keep doing this and (laughs) killing people i love that it's a good movie it's a fun little movie i need to see this this sounds good it's not exactly like a horror movie it's Hmm. been a bit more of a thriller and it's darkly comic but it kind of gets you know kind of not funny anymore and it's uh not the best movie but it's really cool and nobody talks about it i feel like so yeah, it's fun never heard movie. about this. So check that out at backdashrow.com. Do it. And I'll try and write more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that Carlo hasn't written anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was I was considering some options for writing an article, but do I haven't it. decided do yet. It. Yeah, so email us. Uh, let us know if you have any feedback about Hoser Horror, if you have movies you'd like us to get to on Hoser Horror, or just in general notes from the back row feedback. Um, check us out there, backdashrow.com. And you can find me on Twitter at YCKMD underscore. Carlo, where can they find you? 
uh, Twitter and Leatherbox. Carlo goes boom. And Jenna? I'm on the Twitter at Agreeable Car. Nice. Which was a username that I tried to sign up for for like years ago. For one second, I signed up on Match.com, and that's what it recommended that my username be. <laughs> and I loved it. So I, I think that's funny. Is it like <laughs> they use the word agreeable because like that's a positive exactly. word, exactly? And, <laughs> and then like car, it's like that's very neutral. <laughs> no like, car from my last name. It was like trying to like no. mash things. Because all the other ones were mashed up, so it was wonderful. I was like, "This is exactly this is me now." So <laughs> happy ip. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <what else? laughs> that's amazing. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I, that's another episode of Hoser Horror for the books. We'll have more in the feed, so keep keep your eyes there, and we'll see you next time. Hey, do you guys want to go out for a rip? Oh, hey? oh, fuck yeah, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that will be great, eh? Yeah. I just got to get my toonies <laughs> for it. the 2-4. Love it. <laughs>